0: You're listening to The Chamber Connection, a monthly podcast from your Fargo-Moorhead-West Fargo Chamber of Commerce, where we go behind the scenes to talk about business, community, and leadership, and discover what's going on around town and shaping our future. Hello and welcome to the first episode of The Chamber Connection in 2021. I'm your host, Darren Dunlop. Today, I am happy to be here with my boss and the new Chamber President and CEO, Shannon Full. Shannon brings with her over 20 years of Chamber experience across several states and calls herself a catalytic leader with a pro-business philosophy and a passion for workforce and talent. Today, we are gonna dive into what all that means and what her vision is for our Chamber and our community in the years ahead. Shannon, it's been so great working with you thus far, and I'm happy to have you here to introduce yourself to our listeners. Welcome to the hot seat.
1: Thank you so much, Darren. I'm chuckling because uh, it's it's been great working with you thus far. Uh, just wait, you've got more to come. But <laughs> it's, I'm really happy to be here, I'm really excited to be in the region and, and with this team. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you very much. It's, it's great to have you here. Uh, Shannon, you've been with our community or in our community for the past two months now. Uh, what are your initial impressions?
1: Oh, uh, we are um, extremely... I'll I'll just say, initially, we were extremely um, overwhelmed with uh, the positivity and the opportunity here in the region. And now that we've gotten here even, uh, been here even longer, it's been uh, so exciting and rewarding. And we're already finding that uh, it's a very welcoming community. We have a great um, community that we found for our home and our children. Uh, So we're excited. I have been, um, when when I had the first visit here, I was um, a little taken back in a good way um, because I uh, grew up in the Midwest, uh, grew up in Wisconsin and and had never been to Fargo. So pretty crazy, right, that that is the case. Um, But I was blown away when I got into the community uh, with all of the uh, growth, the diversity of industry, the Um, all the colleges. And so that this vibe of a really um, uh, cool community with a a vibrant neighbor neighborhood. And when I say cool, I don't just mean the weather. I actually mean there's there's (laughs) some really tremendous assets of the region that I didn't know about. Uh, I think it's kind of uh, unfortunately our our kind of best kept secrets. And so um, we've just continued to find that this has been true. And now we're making connections with people and and um, yeah, so we're really excited to be here.
0: Shannon uh, to me it's been been really exciting because uh, with your background um, is is different than some of the leadership that we've had in the past. Uh, you know Craig Whitney had a, a minimal experience in chamber world, but you know vast experience in public policy and things like that. but you have you know, almost half of your life you've spent in the chamber world. And I'm very interested in finding out, with over 20 years of Chamber experience, what in the world made you choose this career?
1: Oh. Ah, well, great question. Um, I have no idea. I still ask myself that question often. Um, but no, I actually stumbled into the chamber industry. And, and as you mentioned, and so eloquently put for over half, almost half of my life, um, uh, it was really, I um, uh, was working in the hospitality industry. Uh, we were a new business opening up. And what do you do? You join the chamber, apparently. Uh, I didn't know that was the case, because that's the first time I had ever heard of a chamber of commerce. And, and so um, our, I got very involved in the local chamber as a member uh, and a volunteer. And within six months, found that I really was fascinated with the work that the chamber does. Yeah. The uh, execu- executive director, president of the time, said, you know, I'm, I'm going to resign in six months. And I think you should look at my, for my job. And, you know, I very um, kindly put to her that um, I have no... Idea, what uh, you do, and I guarantee I'm not qualified. But uh, that was really my um, um, first professional mentor because she mentored me for six months and uh, threw my uh, name in the in the hat, and uh, they pulled it out. And so at 24, I was hired for my first president and CEO job of a chamber, and yeah, I had no idea. Still, what I often days now, I still don't know that I know what I'm doing. But no, I definitely didn't know what I was doing then. But it's been a, a tremendous career um, and that I, I actually really, really love the work that we do. So,
0: Well, I, with that, you know, I, I've had the opportunity to hear of your experiences in different chambers, but uh, I would love it if you would share with our, uh, with our audience today. Uh, You know exactly where you've gone and and how that uh, how that led you to Fargo.
1: Oh the story the journey of Shannon (laughs) Fall Well, I uh, As I mentioned I started in uh, a really small chamber. It was like just one of the individual city chambers uh, in the Minneapolis region Uh, The Fridley Chamber of Commerce was the the first start uh, and in five and a half years of doing this work they, uh, We had two acquisitions and one merger. So what was a one-city chamber by the time I left five and a half years later was an eight-city chamber, much more regional and focus. I was, uh, I tell the story, 30 single and sick of winter, um, being from small-town uh, Wisconsin. I was like, I'm going to try something else. So I applied for positions all over the country and ended up Uh, being recruited to melbourne florida so this is a very different uh community it was a community that had 16 cities half of them on the mainland and half of them on uh, the beach side which if you speak floridian that is a very those are very different climates not weather climates they're very different ways in which businesses work and coming from the midwest i was um a little shocked at the pace was a lot more lackadaisical, but the impact still of the chamber was tremendous. We were, uh, Melbourne, Florida is in the Space Coast, so uh, my, my a lot of my industry was, industries were all about military because Patrick Air Force Base is there, and then um, uh, the space program, so NASA. So my experiences there were so different in that I was the lead champion at, and and did a lot of lobbying at the Pentagon and at NASA in D.C., so got to learn a ton about military, uh, had a lot of appreciation uh, going into it, but even more once you got to be on the ground with all of our soldiers. And so that was tremendous. Uh, but I did realize, uh, I don't know, probably a year and a half into it that You know, I I was missing the sense of community. Not that Melbourne doesn't have a community, but it's a very different vibe because it's a transient. Florida's very transient. People come and go, or there's a lot of snowbirds. You you can imagine. And so we, um, so then I just took the... Um, you know, kind of said, and and I think the other thing was I was, believe it or not, missing the change of seasons. I'm not a big winter fan, but I was um, realizing hot and hotter were not the two seasons that I wanted. So I I, uh, was then recruited to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and landed in Cedar Rapids uh, two months after their disastrous flood in 2008. So that flood destroyed cedar rapids if you recall so it there were two 1200 businesses and 5400 homes that were destroyed and so my uh, my uh, primary role uh, shifted again greatly Uh, to flood recovery and resiliency. So a lot of experience in disaster recovery. Uh, Again, I was uh, really getting involved at the national level with a couple of associations, but one of them, the International Economic Development Council, I was one of uh, an initial group of 27 of us that put together uh, what is now utilized as a disaster preparedness program uh, at the national level and can be deployed to economic development organizations and chambers. So lots of experience there, loved the work, but still got recruited uh, out of Cedar Rapids and back into Wisconsin. And so uh, Darren and I share one major uh, love in Wisconsin that we won't talk about uh, what happened uh, last weekend with our beloved uh, Green Bay Packers. But nonetheless, I was brought to Appleton, Wisconsin in the heart of Packer land. So uh, was, uh, that was another chamber, that tremendous regional chamber, two and a half counties, uh, 17 cities, uh, but there uh, my focus uh, was really based on what the community was needing, economic development, and really building a talent and workforce team. So that's where I learned a lot from uh, flood recovery around uh, the ability to work with um, uh, maybe out-of-the-ordinary partners, so partners that you don't think. Uh, so we forged a lot of public-private partnerships with you know cities and, and school districts and whatnot, so loved Appleton, was very uh, excited to be there, was there six years. Unfortunately, my father became ill, and we uh, made the uh, decision to move uh, back to the Twin Cities so that we could be close uh, to support him and my mom. And uh, that was the Twin West Chamber, and Twin West, again, large regional chamber, um, 16 cities and um, 10 school districts, and, and so uh, the western suburbs of Minneapolis. And uh, again, great work there around talent and workforce, public policy, Twin West is a strong public policy advocate, so did a lot of work in public policy. And then most recently, right before uh, I left, uh, we underwent a massive merger to merge the Twin West Chamber with the Minneapolis Chamber, because one of the areas that was probably the, of high, the highest level of frustration for me was uh, the Minneapolis region is, is very very bifurcated and fractured, and so we had 29 local chambers in one metro region. So we were not able to leverage relationships and resources. We weren't able to get much done. We had limited impact. We were diluting the brand, all of those things. So a merger like this of two large regional chambers could set the path for that to happen in the future and really strengthen the region overall. So there's the very long journey of Shannon Full. You
0: know, it's, it's interesting, Shannon, when you talk about... Um You know, going to Cedar Rapids after the devastating flood there. And you just returned from your first trip out to Bismarck for your first legislative set or first couple days at the legislative session. And uh, so it's interesting to have your perspective on a community that has to recover mm-hmm. as opposed to a community that is looking to defend like we are mm-hmm. currently um we are on a path to get the diversion uh finalized uh, but I'm, I'm i'm glad to have i'm glad we're all we're all glad to have you here uh with your experience in that so i think that's going to be invaluable as we go forward with that um uh, my next question is uh what is it about the chamber work um and the impacts that it has on different communities that really gets you excited and i've seen you excited in some of our meetings uh so i know some of these but i want to i want to tee it up for you
1: Yeah, I have, um, I've been told that I uh, apparently have a tremendous amount of energy and passion uh, for this work. So no, I am, uh, it it truly is. It's something that I uh, wake up every morning really excited to make a difference. And I have found that the way to do that is through the great people that we're able to work with every single day. And so one of the things that motivates me most about chamber work is that I have an opportunity to continually learn about uh, what the community needs, but also what individual businesses need. So that's everything from our entrepreneurs, to our small businesses, uh, to our large corporations of all different types, right? Manufacturing, to retail, professional services, to you name it. That part has been fascinating to me to be able to spend over 20 years um, um, on the manufacturing floor, talking to manufacturers about their greatest challenges to yesterday I was uh, with an entrepreneur uh, in a uh, who does virtual reality and I got to put on the virtual reality headset and see what the future of this looks like right and so that um, continual learning really inspires me but probably the biggest piece of this is that uh, we get to I get to help bring people together convene people um, uh, to curate solutions so I'm a very big solution-based strategist so always looking at um, how do we make things better so even if we are uh, you know we'll talk about uh, for a minute you took you touched on diversion and and the flood recovery how do we make sure we are working in a proactive fashion to the greatest extent, leveraging relationships and resources to really move the economy forward and move our region forward? Uh, I'm a very competitive person, so when we have things that uh, we can we can be better at, uh, that, that's what that's another piece that inspires me is that uh, we are in a highly globally uh, competitive environment. So how do we come together? Uh, to benefit the region, and I think what's fascinating about that is the region is different depending upon who you talk to, right? I I found this firsthand as I was out in Bismarck uh, with the legislature uh, uh, to some, and um, many of us, the region is the state of North Dakota, right? How do we make the state more competitive? What can we do to leverage and come together to do that? Realizing that oftentimes we see the competition is east-west, right? I'm hearing this a lot, there's an east-west divide. Well, in a reality, the main competition is outside of the borders of the state, right? It's maybe even outside the borders of the country. So um, yes, there's a time to compete, and then there's a time to cooperate. And and so those are the types of things that uh, I get really excited about. Uh, But what's kept me in in this industry for 21 years has been the people, whether it's my internal team, and I would say this uh, in a normal interview, not with a staff person here, but, Uh, This is a tremendous internal staff. I am blown away by the experiences of our staff, the diversity of our staff the passion and dedication that our team has Um, but we also have see that reflected in our board of directors we see that reflected in our ambassadors i just had the opportunity to to sit in on the member relations committee and these guys are excited about helping the chamber uh achieve its goals and and that's in every committee that we're seeing um so engagement is is the big thing for me and and that's that's kind of my my story about why i've i love this industry
0: you know, Shannon, we just had our first uh, signature event under your mm-hmm. reign, um, our state of the cities. And a, a couple topics that came up during the state of the cities uh, are things that I'd like you to address. And uh, and I'll, I'll throw them out to you. Um, one is workforce and talent. Uh, the second one is diversity and inclusion. And the third one, and you touched on it a little bit, is public private partnerships that you've had experience with. So, I guess I'd like to at least start out with workforce and talent because it's been several years that our membership the key concern that they have about their business is workforce and talent. And I know you've got some vast experience with that in in your other or in your career, so I'd like you to if you wouldn't mind addressing your personal philosophies about workforce and talent.
1: Yeah, I think. Well, first of all, the 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 data speaks for itself, right? So we, when we surveyed our members, the workforce and talent was the 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 top issue. I'll tell you firsthand. Uh, I've had the great pleasure when I since starting on December first to have over sixty five face to face meetings with company leaders and community leaders, uh, and I would say. Uh, a majority, maybe all but a couple meetings, uh, when I ask the question of what what is their greatest challenge and what you know what kind of what keeps them up at night, uh, it's the the inability or uh, lack of the ability to attract, retain, and develop talent. So. So, and this isn't new to to just, or it's not unique just to us, right? This is a this is a global issue, right, around workforce. And so, uh, I am extremely passionate about talent and workforce, and and co creating solutions uh, within the community f- to some of our greatest challenges, and that really takes a multi pronged approach and and a very um, uh, a lens that ha- is really looking with a lot of foresight into, into what we need to be doing. And so um, um, really l- we're looking forward to um, bringing, this is where the public-private partnership conversation comes in, and I'll, I'll kind of weave this into that. Uh, The uh, talent and workforce space uh, has a tremendous amount of public sector partners um, that are doing great work in this space. Uh, The uh, talent and workforce is such a great challenge that we have to come together and collaborate for these solutions. This isn't something that the chamber is gonna own and we're gonna do, right? We already know there are great um, organizations uh, that are already working on this, Emerging Prairie, Economic Development Corporation, I could go on and on about all of the different organizations, not to mention the fact that we've got five Higher education entities, uh, multiple um, large and small public and private school districts that are working on, um, because all of this education means talent, right? It's just future talent. So what are we doing with the immediate talent needs and then the future talent needs? So So I could go on and on about talent and workforce, and you'll see a lot coming in the chamber around uh, the work that we're doing around talent and workforce. But part of talent and workforce, and what I would call a vibrant and thriving community, uh, is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so uh, this is a space that um, isn't always um, easy or nor comfortable uh, to talk about, right? Um, And diversity, equity, inclusion means so much more than racial equity, right? So there are all different aspects. I, I, I give this scenario all the time, and I'm sure many have heard this. You know, diversity, equity, and inclusion is like an iceberg. You can see um, some things that you think are on the top of the iceberg are, are what we talk about—gender and um, diverse, or gender and race and and um, whatnot. But so much more of that is below the surface uh, that we are still yet finding out about. Um, really how do we provide equitable access for others um uh, and equity doesn't mean equal right so this is another thing that i am i am learning and constantly learning and i will be the first to tell you i am no expert Um, but i have done a tremendous amount of of um, research already around You know, we know that diverse teams are more productive teams. We know that diverse communities are healthier, um, have a stronger economy. And so we have to really start to be able to prioritize and lean into the, the need for us to um, really with an open mind look at um, the benefits of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And, and so I think we'll see some of that, I don't think. We'll see some of that from the Chamber in the future about us being catalytic leaders in this space, even though it may not always be comfortable. And I will tell you, we also certainly won't do this without mistake, right? We will fall, skin our knees, get back up, and, and work together with the community. But I'd say this for our, our those that are listening, We've got some um, key stakeholders, some um, um, CEOs, uh, C-suite uh, business and community leaders that are really interested in putting together a small group uh, to dive in deep into diversity, equity, and inclusion. So if anybody's interested in that, knowing full well that it's going to take some courage, um, let us know that because uh, we're in the process of going to put kind of this thought leader group together and start to explore that.
0: Shannon, um, my next thing that I would like to ask you about is um, I'm going to change it up a little bit. But um, with your um, career in chamber world, um, you've had the opportunity to serve on several boards um, and and uh, some other peers from around the country. And I would love it if you would t- uh, touch on that a little bit and give people some ideas about uh, about your role with the with the ACCE um, mm-hmm. as well as other. Organizations that you belong to?
1: Yeah, uh, probably the most impactful professional development tool for me in all of my career has been some of these uh, trade associations, national associations that I've uh, not only been involved in, but now play critical leadership roles in. So the first and foremost you touched on was ACCE. This is the Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives. It's, a, it's essentially the trade association for chambers, uh, the professional development resource for chambers, uh, over 5,000 chambers all across the country and and i would say and and in canada and so we're they're really branching out into some international chambers as well and so uh, i've had the great pleasure of serving on that board uh, out of my 21 21 year career i think i've been on the board on and off for 10 12 years Uh, I'm just finishing my chairmanship of a a peer group um, called the Major Cities Group. This is 65 chambers across the country that are similar size to the Fargo-Moorhead-West Fargo chamber. And that group has been tremendous. And I would say not just for professional reasons, but for personal reasons. Uh, So there are very few cities that I travel throughout the country now that I don't know the chamber exec uh, in that city. And uh, this group of 65 is very the the one of the things I love about the chamber industry is that we are truly in it together. We are not competing with one another, but we're trying to make each other better. And so best practices, thought leadership, um uh, just a sounding board uh, exists there that I would never be where I am today. Without that group. And so that's been a tremendous piece. The other side of it has been um, the U.S. Chambers Committee of 100. So the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, highly influential in the federal public policy sphere. Um, the, The committee 100 is about 150 of us. It started with 100, obviously, but now it's grown a little bit. 150 chamber execs, again, all over the country. But we help to shape the policy positions for the U.S. Chamber. And so we have first line into the federal issues, um, a tremendous amount of expertise within there. I think they, I don't know, they have five, six hundred employees and be able to really understand. The dynamics at the federal level. So I would also say anybody that's listening that um, uh, has a federal issue that we want um, uh, or perspectives on federal issues. uh, This is I'm, I'm a direct line to help shape some of that. But then there are phenomenal um, regional and state uh, organizations. So uh, MACE is the Midwest Association of Chamber Execs, right? And so that's another smaller regional group that uh, I've I've not been as involved in because I've been at the national level, but I know our organization has been very involved. And then state associations. So the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce Execs group, for instance, is one that um, most of the states have that type of of organization. I actually was asking this question of um, the, the North Dakota Chamber on does North Dakota have this kind of group? Uh, and we don't, but we may uh, in the future uh, because I do find it so valuable to be able to connect with colleagues um, and also understand but I've also sat on lots of community boards, right? So uh, in my over my 21 year, you know, I've sat on uh, Boys and Girls Club, um, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, United Way, uh, the YMCA. So because these organizations are so integral to the positive fabric uh, and the ecosystem of our community that I'm often um, involved in those types of organizations at the local level as well. Cool.
0: Cool. Um, I guess my next thing is so we're you know you're brand new. Well, not brand new. I mean, two months. You've pretty much got the. No, the I'm whole, brand new.
1: I'm going to use <laughs> this new card as long as I possibly can.
0: Uh, so I, 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 you know, we're we're hopefully on the back end of COVID. Um, you know so what as the chamber president coming into a new market, what do you have vision? What are your immediate plans? What are your immediate goals for our chamber and, and our community?
1: I think it's so funny when I've been asked this question a few times, like, uh, so what are you, what are you going to do? You know, where are you going? What are the immediate changes you're going to make? Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm very, at, even though I'm a catalytic leader and I, um, um I will say that the most important piece is to really truly understand the landscape right I've got experience and ideas it doesn't necessarily mean that what worked in Minneapolis Appleton Cedar Rapids or Melbourne is going to work here in Fargo right and so I think the biggest um, piece of it is just a really active open mind and listening ear so that's what as you know darren um uh and i will say to all of our uh, listeners darren has been tremendous because i think there are very few people that are as well connected in this community as as you are darren but um it, it's been fascinating to me to be in these meetings where we at where i'm asking the questions like um some of the questions are that I love to say are: If you were in this seat, what would you be doing? Uh, what should the priorities of the chamber be? Uh, what things are we doing really well? Um, what should we start? What should we stop? Um, and I, I'm sure you are, have been in the, probably have the same feelings that I do that. I am pleasantly surprised at how candid people are, right? Uh, People are telling us, these are the things I love. These are the things that um, I would love to see changed or even more. These are the new initiatives or the things, the biggest challenges that we're facing. So um, I'll just touch on a couple of the common themes and then won't uh, tip my hat too much into what we're doing. Uh, Definitely something on Workforce and Talent. Uh, Much more of a streamlined, cohesive approach uh, to solving some of our talent and workforce challenges, and so those include things like making sure we can um, be a connector of uh, a direct connection between uh, K-12, post-secondary, and adult uh, active job seekers to the business community and opportunities that are out there, Um, increasing student engagement opportunities, making sure our students here are well aware of all of the assets and opportunities uh, that this region has to provide for them. Because at the end of the day, we we don't want we don't just want we need to retain as many of these students into our workforce as we possibly can. I think there will be whether the chamber leads this or somebody leads this. Uh, we need to be very serious and have a very serious focus on talent attraction for um, our high demand careers. Uh, we, this is a numbers game. This is a bodies game. We don't have enough people uh, to fulfill the the demands of our businesses. So we have to be really intentional about how are we attracting talent into this region and that talent needs to look very different and come from very different sources. So that's talent. Uh, public policy, we will have always been a tremendous force for public policy. We will continue to do so. Our internal public policy team with Katie and Mason, they are rock stars. I watched them firsthand at in, Bez, in Bismarck. Um, but we know policy has multiple layers and levels so getting more involved in our local policy uh, making more of our relationships with our city councils and our county um uh, commissions so that we can um, not only just be aware and keep our finger on the pulse of what's going on but we can help to influence that um uh, and then up to the state level and the federal level at the same in those same areas um uh, so uh, talent, obviously lots of things rolls into talent. I would also say part of this is I'm really excited about um, enhancing and expanding our young professionals um, uh, work, uh, our youth, uh, whether it be a student leadership or a youth leadership program. Um, and uh, we have a tremendous Women Connect program, but there are a lot of women that are looking for us to do even more and, and have more offerings for them. So that'll be another uh, big piece. I didn't touch on membership yet, but I uh, will will say that that's another side of this. Membership is critically important. So our board just approved yesterday for us to go down the path to really kind of revitalize and revamp our membership offerings and what what our members uh, want from the organization. So we're excited about that work. But that membership is, I say, the means to get us to where we are. It's really about small business and medium-sized business excellence. What do we need to do to help those businesses be successful, to grow and to prosper. Um, So that'll be another area of significant focus. And then finally, I'll just touch on the the last piece of this. Uh, This chamber is known not just here in this region, but all over the country for the tremendous events, the high caliber, high quality events that this program or that this chamber brings. The attendance Unheard of. You talked about state of the cities, and that was my first event. Believe me, I wish it could have been my first event in person because uh, I just I I was so impressed with the professional manner of how the event was, but all f- all five of our mayors um, uh, talking about uh, the important issues that they're facing, and that we had over 500 people register for a virtual online event is crazy to me, right? I mean, crazy good. Um, so I can't wait for us to be able to get back in person and do um, these events. And I know the commitment is to keep the high caliber because this is part of the thing I, I had the. Such a great honor and benefit to to talk with Lori uh, Craig Whitney's uh, spouse and and um, I asked Lori how can we uh, make sure we preserve Craig's legacy and and she answered in in two ways. One, he loved the events, so keeping those events in high caliber and big events, right, like sh- showy, right, and um, and the other is fueling our future, which is the the talent initiative that is a joint venture between the EDC and the chamber. So. Uh, I'll do my very best to make sure that we can adhere to that legacy.
0: I have no doubt about that. I'm going to throw you a little curveball here before we wrap up. Um, One of the things that I wrote down, and I hear this in some of our uh, uh, face-to-face meetings with, uh, with community leaders, is that you refer to yourself as a change agent and a disruptor. Now, coming from the conservative Midwest, that seems to be kind of rabble rousing, but I, so I would like you to explain a little bit about Shannon Full, the change agent and the disruptor.
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay, so uh, I think that there are a a couple things about that. Uh, I am... Of the philosophy that disruption is actually really good. Disruption is what um, makes us a vibrant region. It allows us to see new opportunities. It allows us to uh, courageously explore uh, new uh, new initiatives with innovation and uh, new ideas. So, so um, to me, disruption is not bad, uh, and it's also not scary. So, to many, um, uh, changes is, is very scary. I would say I'm one of those that uh, is uh, doesn't only embrace change, I actively seek out change and not for the sake of changing. Right. Um, uh, You know, I think that um, it's it's always interesting to me when I talk with people. About the status quo. I'm one that uh, is constantly living in the world to challenge the status quo. And again, not for the sake of hey, I just want to change it. For the sake of I know that we can be better. I know we can st- continue to strive for excellence. And so, I also um, love to bring new ideas and new thoughts to the table. So I'm a very I have a very strong entrepreneurial spirit. So I ru- I I lead my chambers. Um, very much like an entrepreneur would lead a business and so um, there is a lot of calculated risk in the work that we do but there is risk um, we'll take um, risks at some of the things <laughs> should I share with you the the one <laughs> event I did and I, I watched Darren's face we were just in a meeting yesterday with uh, uh, with the Plains Art Museum uh, uh, and a phenomenal asset there. I was so impressed with them. But I was telling them about a, uh, a story in, in Appleton uh, where we partnered with the Trout Art Museum They're a beautiful art museum, and and did this event that I wanted to, to kind of just see what a response we would get. And it actually was an idea that came from one of our young professionals that said, we really, uh, the Young Professionals Group would like to do this, not for the young professionals, but for the community and see what happens what, what happens and so uh, they pitched it to me and I was like oh this is gonna be interesting so but essentially we did a really long beautifully decorated table um one table long table it was very long it went all kind of wrapped around uh but for 75 business and community or we had 75 was our 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 cap. but the topic it was a dinner party but the topic of the dinner party was politics and religion everything you shouldn't talk about was the only thing we could talk about that night. And you can imagine when um, we, and this was one of those, uh, I'm sorry if you're our board members and you're listening, it's one of those that um, we went forward with and I kind of had that mentality of we should do this and then, um, you know, beg for forgiveness later. And so uh, it was ridiculously successful, um, but it took courageous will. We filled the event in a day and a half. I mean, there and and people wanted to get there, and we we said no. We we also want to make sure that we can, um, honor the integrity of the event. And so, um, but we had seven religious sects. We had, um, all of the, um, different political affiliations and non-affiliations. And the whole event was, um, we actually put questions on the table to help spark conversation. We didn't need any of that. Um, in the, by the middle of the event, people were sharing their stories, sobbing, like around, this is, why we are this religion, or this is what we've had to had to undergo, uh, or gone through um, in the, in this religion. The other side of it is the pol- politics side of things. We had stories of, you know, uh, really conservative families and, and I'm much more liberal and this is what the divide has been or much more around cohesion, around what the importance of um, not politics, but policy is. And so it was just it was fascinating. I only share that because that's probably a, a perfect story of a disruptor, <laughs> right, um, that we had a, a very different typical audience of the chamber and that's the other thing. I really want us to, um, uh, elevate the brand of the chamber. Not that it's bad. Um, our, the brand of this chamber is ridiculously strong, but I'd love it to be more inclusive. I'd love to have more people understand what the chamber is and what we have to offer and how they can be involved and engaged with us. So I look forward to the future with this, uh, tremendous team.
0: Well, that sounds fantastic, Shannon. So, but, can you tell the listeners where they can learn more about uh, the Chamber and our work?
1: Sure. Uh, Darren could tell you, too, but I, I will give it a shot. Uh, uh, so our obviously our website's the, the easiest way, uh, which is just uh, fmwfchamber.com. Uh, and so... Um, he's giving me the the thumbs up because I actually didn't have anything written in front of me. Um, but we also um, have your typical. We have a Facebook page uh, where you can find the Fargo Moorhead West Fargo Chamber. Uh, we've got um, uh, obviously Twitter uh, and um, and on LinkedIn. But we've got uh, uh, just the other side of it is just pick up the phone and call us. Uh, We've got, you know, we're still the organization that answers the phone and and can direct your questions. Uh, We have a team of of about, I I think we have, 14 on our team right now Uh, and they are equally if not more passionate about this work than I am so we're really excited to just talk with you whether you're a member, a non-member, an individual I think that's the other side of this is that we really want anybody that wants to engage in um, um, the vibrancy of this economy and the vibrancy of this region if you love the Fargo region and just want to help us make it better we want you to be a part of that
0: Well, thank you very, very much, Shannon, for sharing all of this. And and thanks for bringing your vision and your experience to our chamber. Uh, I know so many of us are eager to get to work and see what we're going to be able to accomplish together. Um, And thank you very much for listening today. Uh, Remember to reach out to learn more about the chamber through social media, uh, through our Twitter accounts, uh, through Instagram, Uh, also our Facebook account Um, and we're very much looking forward to getting you involved uh, and letting us know how your chamber can be more beneficial to you and our region. So thank you very much. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Chamber Connection coming very soon and what a great way for us to kick off 2021 with our new president and CEO Shannon Full. Shannon, thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you.